So that amazed me. I was like, "Oh God, this is." I believe in God in that moment. You know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Welcome to Mosaic of China, a podcast about people who are making their mark in China. I'm your host, Oscar Fuchs, and welcome as well to the first of ten special compilation episodes from season one. If you've been listening to the season, you will already know by the different intro music that things aren't quite the same as usual. And if you're entirely new to the podcast, a third and special welcome to you. In a usual episode of the show, I will interview one person, and that interview starts with a freestyle conversation based on an object that the guest has prepared in advance, and it ends with the guest nominating someone for me to interview in the next season of Mosaic of China. And that's how, tile by tile, the thirty episodes of each season build out to form a Mosaic of China. But before they make this nomination, I ask every guest the same ten simple questions on their tastes and opinions of life in China, and it's the answers to these ten questions that form the content for these ten special compilation episodes. Today's compilation is about the guests' favorite travel destinations in China. I wanted to get this one out of the way first because, as a subject, it's perhaps the most ironic of the ten, given that none of us have got any travel planned for the foreseeable future. But I hope that you'll at least be taking some notes for when the borders finally reopen and transport networks begin to hum again. Sunivasyan Amandra, the compliance leader from episode fifteen. Now, I would always recommend to people、uh, to definitely visit the Three Gorges Dam or the Three Georges Dam, as we pronounce it.、Uh, that is a phenomenally infrastructurally, technologically, and engineering marvel that one should watch when he has been in、uh, China. So, alongside the dam, you created、uh, a kind of a, a ship lock system.、Uh, but when I saw literally the water getting poured. The door getting closed and the water getting poured inside, and the ship literally gets lifted up, and then moves on to the second stage, third stage, fourth stage. The three-hour journey is like a journey of lifetime when you are getting transferred from this side of the dam to the other side of the dam. Ross Coleman, the theatre producer from episode twenty-two. I think my favourite one is Hangzhou. And I love that you can get there so quickly and be in the Zhejiang Hills, and then walking around and then drinking tea on that mountainside. I really love the way that well, you know, they're not necessarily the big mountains, those ones, but like you can still feel the kind of transformative nature of them when you go up and then come down. Astrid Pogosian, the violinist from episode four. I love Hangzhou city, and I remember until now every time when I and I go there, it's some kind of peaceful emotion. I always get there something unexplainable, and I think it's different when you go to Europe. It's different kind of peace you find in Hangzhou. It's really like those old Chinese times when you read in the books. It's exactly that. Philippe Gas, the Disney Resort CEO, from episode one. I think one of the most memorable trip I have made in China is Tibet. 18 months ago, 12 months ago, I had a chance with a few friends to go to、uh, Lhasa and just travel、uh, in Tibet, and、uh, it's been a fascinating experience at many levels: cultural, religious, geographic. You know, arriving and landing in a place that is about 4,000, 4,600、uh, you know, meters is a shock, right?、Uh, as you arrive,、um, some of my friends were shocked immediately. It took me a little bit more time. Um, but it was fascinating. The place is beautiful, and understanding how people live their religion, live Buddhism.、Um, I'm not an expert in Buddhism, but I have been very impressed by how 
connected they are all the time to their practice and their philosophy. So. Maple Zwar, the comedian from episode two. Tibet. I love it because when my partner proposed me there, we climbed、um, nine hours in that day to the top, top mountain. And then there was a beautiful blue lake. And then above that was like snow, snows on the mountain. It was so pure. And then the name of the lake called the God Tears. And then over the lake, there was、uh, some stone. And on the stone, there was a Buddha. Like you can't see, but it's a natural Buddha thing, and with the Buddha shadow that contain a whole Buddha image. So that's amazed me. I was like, "Oh God, this is!" I believe in God in that moment. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Angie Wu, the jewelry craftsman from episode eighteen. Definitely Yunnan.、Um, I was designing museums before. Okay, that's what I was doing before my my brand. And we built、uh, agricultural museum in in Yunnan. So I've been there for three years, going back and forth. It's so biodiversified, and there are twenty six minority in Yunnan itself. And it's just so beautiful. These are、um, native、uh, local people, and they still make a lot of things by hand. They create their own、um, tools and their jewelry. This is so beautiful. I mean, it's the most exotic thing <laughs> about China.、Yeah. Jorge Lucio, the marketer for Sprite from episode five. Shanghai. <laughs> I love the city. I've been amazed from day one.、Um, And yes, I think China has fantastic places, but I, I feel every time I feel more amazed, and, and I love the city even more. So it would be Shanghai. Octo Chung, the fashion designer from episode thirty. I think where I am, Shanghai, actually some of the old Hong Kong culture was influenced by Shanghai. So you can see so many poets who lived here. And、uh, some of the famous political person, or condense so many different type of people, so that means Shanghai is a very good city for you to connect different ideas, and then you can find your own way. Yeah, I agree. Vivu, the fitness community leader from episode eight. I'm gonna say my own street. I live、um, in Chunning District, and I recently did a walking tour with、um, Duncan from Shanghai Flaneur, and looked at all this architecture that was just right in front of my nose. I've been living in my apartment for five years, and I never realised that this was just under my nose, and how much I did not know about where I lived. Gigi Chang, the translator from episode twenty-four. I went to Yuncheng, and it's a beautiful place. Lots of history around. You know, you get the Yellow River. It, it was a major battlefield for hundreds of years. There is one of the、um, few surviving Yun Dynasty temple there. Right.、Yeah. Awesome. Sanford Brown, the biochemist from episode twenty-nine. I went、uh, with my wife and a bunch of friends on a motorcycle trip. We were in a sidecar and we went to、uh, Mount Everest base camp on the China side on the north face. And we went up、uh, right up to the base camp. And we wake up first thing in the morning, and the clouds part, and you see the top of Everest with the sun coming through.、Uh, it was really.、Uh, 
quite spectacular. Wow. Sebastian Denez, the inclusion advocate from episode 11. My favorite destination would be Zhujiaigo, uh, which is in Sichuan. It's a wonderful alpine style valley with beautiful lakes and, and it's very close to Tibet. I remember it when we visited five years ago because it was the unexpected. Michael Z, the Instagram influencer from episode seven. Chandahu, a thousand island lake. It's in Zhejiang province, about two and a half-ish hours on the train from Shanghai. And it's a man-made lake. It was created in 1959 by when they constructed a dam. And now it's one of the cleanest lakes in the world. And I went for my birthday and it was so beautiful. Emily Madge, the aquarium conservationist from episode 14. I'm a big fan of Sanya just because it's beachy and it's more my kind of thing than a city. It's the closest thing to Weymouth in yes, China. Yes, it is. Right. Do you know I haven't been there yet? Really? Yes. Oh, it's wonderful. You need to go. Okay. Abe Deo, the tour manager from episode 27. Wudang Mountain is nice. So it's really, really pretty like temple on top of this like this mountain. It's like sheer drops on all four sides. It's one of those where the emperor saw it and was like, I want a temple up there. Made people scale this unscalable mountain and build this massive like temple. There's quite a few trails to walk around, um, but you can stay there. Um, I haven't been in a few years, so I don't know if it's changed, but you used to be able to stay in this little um, guest house type thing. Yeah, Buddhist guest house mm. in the temple on the top of the mountain. Because the only way to get there is like um, either by a cable car or you can walk up this path that follows like the side of the mountain that they built. But it's, yeah, staying in the guest house is quite nice because you're right there in this temple. Sunset and sunrise, very beautiful. Yael Frajun, the historical researcher from episode 12. I've been to Yangshuo. A um, few times, I have good friends there, and I just cannot have enough of that place. It's just, it's magical. That's the area where there's mountains jutting up straight from the water. Exactly. Eric Olander, the journalist from episode three. I spend most of my time in the tier one cities, Beijing, Shanghai, Guangzhou, Shenzhen, but the heart of the country is not in these tier one cities. The heart in the country is in the countryside. So I was just in Guizhou, which is in the south, which is one of the more poorer provinces. I was in Xinjiang a few years ago, um, in Gansu. I've been to about 15 different provinces. And so for me, it's going out into the countryside and it's just the simplicity of it. You're still seeing oxes and you're still, you know, electrification hasn't reached everywhere. Uh, it's much better than it was, but the, the standard of living is very, very different. The way that they do things, the tiered farming, the mountains are all tiered. I mean, these go back centuries and how they do things in those techniques. And you realize, again, just the scope and scale of how big China is and how complex it is as soon as you go out. And by the way, you only have to leave Shanghai an hour or two outside and you've gone back, you know, centuries. Right. Noah Sheldon, the documentary filmmaker from episode nine. I've been to... Um Kind of the Tibetan autonomous area in Sichuan. I think that's amazing. Um, rural Sichuan is amazing. I, I'm always, ex I, I love Shanghai. Shanghai is such a beautiful, amazing city. 
Um, but I always love getting out of Shanghai as well because yeah. it's like you don't have to go far. You go, mm. you know, an hour outside of Shanghai, and all of a sudden you're in this very different place. Laurie Lee, the private club GM from episode ten. I like the the small city, small town. We call the Wuxian Chengshi. So、um, when you go to very、uh, far place or、uh, like this small town, you feel it's so interesting, crazy, and uh, uh, people have their own、uh, local culture. My latest、uh, visiting is a small town beside the lake in Guangxi. The people they don't speak Mandarin. They speak the local language. I can't、uh, understand. We communicate,、uh, not use language. We communicate with other ways. Nick Yu, the playwright from episode thirteen. Home. When I am in Shanghai right now, I always miss the home. That is in the village. We have a small house there. That's. Still there. Well, when you say that, I can feel that your heart is in that village <laughs> in Anhui. <laughs> And on the subject of Anhui, like, can you tell me something in the dialect that you speak? That is a gog mog hog. What means today, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow? Really? Yeah. Before I went to Shanghai, I think the Anhui local language is the Mandarin. <laughs> <laughs> But but when I was there,、yeah, go to Shanghai, so, oh my God, it's really different. I can speak Shanghai local language,、right. but just the Shanghai people that don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> That is not my fault. Therefore, <laughs> Nini Sum, the artist from episode sixteen. Um, I would say my hometown, which is which is Nanjing. Actually, Nanjing is a very slow city, and it was the ancient capital of six dynasties. So it's a very historical place, and it's very green. It has a mountain in the heart of the city and a big lake. So if you enter the,、uh, get out of the train station, you see that this big lake. And when I was little, I always paddle the boats on it, and also go to the mountain a lot just for climbing. And you can go to the astronaut center on it. So Nanjing is a place I think really good for for living a chill life. Lucky. Gina Lee, the invention company CEO from episode six. My hometown, for sure. The, the 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 Gobi Desert with mountains, and also because it has involved with so many histories、um, from thousands years ago. We actually have the Han Dynasty, like Great Wall there. It wasn't built by stones. It was actually just built by mud. It's just how little the rain every year it drops on that. So it's just still there. It's out in the wild. You can actually just go visit without. Any problem buying tickets? No, you just drive and you go on wild. You see what is left there from two thousand years ago. Greg Nance, the ultramarathon athlete from episode twenty-three. I've got two.、Um, so I loved the Gobi Desert in Xinjiang with the Tian Shan Mountains. Just absolutely amazing. Totally recommend that. My second is a Haba Shui Shan, Haba Snow Mountain. Totally beautiful. It's a little over five thousand meters tall, and you actually have a beautiful view into Tiger Leaping Gorge. And when I went, there were literally no tourists there. It was me and a bunch of yaks. <laughs> I thought that was a racial slur, that, but you mean <laughs> the, the <animal> . literally? Yeah. <laughs> you bloody yak. 
So that was the first compilation episode. I hope you enjoyed hearing all of those voices. We actually only heard from 23 of the 30 guests there. But on next week's show about favourite KTV karaoke songs, you will be hearing from all 30. I hope that the topic of travel has got you thinking about those days when the luxury of travel didn't feel like such a distant dream. I really want to hear about all of your favourite travel destinations within China. So please drop me a message on social media, tag me in a photo from somewhere in China, either on Instagram or Facebook, or of course share with the community on WeChat. If you have WeChat on your phone and you haven't already joined the listeners group there, then please add me on Oscar10877 and I will add you there myself. Mosaic of China is me, Oscar Fuchs, with artwork by Denny Newell. I'm releasing these compilation episodes every two weeks, so we'll be back with the next one on May the 19th. See you then, and I hope that you're still listening because I've included a special little surprise in the outro music. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you so much. Great, thank you. My pleasure too. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Awesome, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Great to see you too. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you.